the blast from our past network. Oh yeah, let me guess. The welcoming committee. It's either that or a surprise party. Don't make a move. We'll talk our way out of this. I don't think we're in the small talk. I'm telling you, if we panic, we're history. Ah, the infamous Cash and Tango. Dishonored, imprisoned. What a shameful fall from glory. And who are you? Just think of me as somebody who doesn't like you very much. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me is co host Dean. Hey, Tim, I'm pumped for this one this week. Dude, we are doing Tango and Cash. Yeah, man. Why? I do not know. Tim, I love this movie. That's why. I do. I love it too. I haven't seen it in a long time, but this one, this one, I wore out the VHS when I was younger for sure. So, yeah, same. Yeah. So actually the reason, the, the real reason we're doing it is because I thought it would be fun to do because I remember it being a fun movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think I wore out that same VHS. I think you just passed it on to me and I... I wore out uh, other parts of it. Uh, I went looking for it. I thought I I was going to actually watch this one on VHS and I couldn't find my VHS. So don't know what happened to it. I might have stole it. Do you have a VHS copy of it? No. No, I don't think so. Okay. Well, I may have just purged it at one point. Yeah. Yeah. I was probably like, I'm never going to watch this movie again. And I was just about right. I was just about right. <laughs> you were I just needed right. I needed it for one more viewing. <laughs> I've watched this movie two times, well, I guess three times now this year. Cuz I talked cuz I talked about it on a different podcast, podcasting I after dark. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what what even is this movie? Yes. This is my first great question. question. The great question, <laughs> Tim. What is going on? I think that's the point of what we need to dig into this whole yeah. episode is what even is this movie? <laughs> Exactly. So I'm going to kind of high level it. I would call this a decent buddy cop rated R kids movie. Yeah. That's what I would throw out there. That's really good. It is definitely a kids movie in the sense that it has a bunch of things in it that I feel like I would have come up with if I was eight or nine. And then, like, that's why I love it so much when I was a kid, because it's like, oh, yeah, when you're walking through a jail cell or when you're walking through a jail hallway, it should be on fire. Like, that's what should happen. That's like a 10 year old. Like, uh, my brain would make that up when I'm sitting in class daydreaming. So watching this movie, everything really (laughs) fit because I think I think it is a kid's movie, even though it's rated R and it's, it's, it's a buddy cop action. I think it's made for kids. I was nine or 10 when I watched it and I loved this movie. Like this was just, this was hitting on all the things that I thought were cool. You know, uh, we'll start with Kurt Russell, coolest guy out there. For sure. Um, Yeah. Stallone, you know, cool. You know, he's not my favorite, but he's in a lot of movies that I liked as a kid. Same. I was a big, big Stallone guy. Guns, cool guns. I was like, um, 
I enjoyed my water pistols and cap guns as a, as a child. So that sparked my, uh, my imagination. And then, um, you know, a story that you don't have to pay attention to, which is great when you're a kid. Cause you know, you don't have the, the greatest attention span. So for sure. So and there's kind of no... worked. Yeah. And there's no like, like you can't even really follow the story at all. Even if you try to like as an adult sit and try to figure out what's happening, you can get there. But it's like it's jumping from scene to scene. They just have like ADR stuff in between scenes just to like bridge the gap of what they're doing. Like they're just throwing a bunch of scenes together. So as a kid, you're never really gonna it's never really gonna make much sense to you. No, and they they sort of like progress the plot with newspaper articles of what's happening which is not something you'd pick up on as a kid you know that's just kind of throwaway content so yeah yeah the story is um but uh, even forgettable yeah and and even though it's like rated r and it's got a lot of you know action and swearing in it uh it's not very gory you know there's not a lot of blood flying so that was really good for me as a kid i loved action movies where you didn't quite see anything like you didn't if you saw blood it was really just a red spot on a shirt that's all i could really handle um and i would like this movie just hit for me i was like in you know nine years old and playing tango and cash on the schoolyard you know no one understood what i was talking about but i was like want to play tango and cash (laughs) nobody got it awesome (laughs) so this was released in 1989 with a budget of 30 million but they end up spending $54 million, but it ends up grossing $120 million. What? Yeah, so, boom! I I can't believe it grossed that much, Tim. I thought you were going to say, like, it grossed, like, $4 million. <laughs> Spent, I like, know. 54 and grossed 4 Tell you what, if you put two different leading actors in it, it probably does yeah. gross 4 True, yeah. you got some real star power there, so I think that's yeah. what helps... Right at the end of the eighties, right after, yeah, right at, right at the end of their, uh, you know, when they had that both had big decades. Mm-hmm. It was directed by Andre Konchalovsky. Who? Andre who? I don't know. I don't know, man. I've never, I've never heard of this guy. I, I've heard of him. He, I feel like he did one thing good, but it, it might have been this. It might have been giving him a lot <laughs> of credit there. It might have been this. Uh, he's directed like, you know, more than 25 movies. Uh, Dean, have you ever heard of The Boy and the Dove? No. <laughs> have you heard of Duet for One? No. What about Homer and Eddie? No. Have you heard of To Each His Own Cinema? No. These are great names, though. What about The Postman's White Knights? No, I've heard of The Postman, but that's a different movie. <laughs> I haven't heard of any of those uh, either. I don't know about but his White Knights. It doesn't matter, though, because he gets fired um, after almost finishing the movie. So mm. uh, they bring in uh, a dude named Albert Magnoli. Okay. And he's brought in for three weeks to do a bunch of reshoots and basically change the entire tone of the movie. Right. And I'm, I'm getting the, the feeling like if their initial budget was $30 million and they got to fifty four. I'm feeling like this this Albert Magnoli spent a lot of money over the course of three weeks. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I think I think he probably they probably did a lot of reshoots. Um, they did do a lot of reshoots. Yeah, this setup makes a lot of sense to me because what this movie feels like is it's supposed to be. I feel like there's moments of it where it's like it's supposed to be a satire on '80s buddy cop films because of all the 
like horrible jokes they're making and how they're just at each other the entire movie. And I feel like at one point it was going to be a movie that was, you know, showing all those tropes and sort of exposing them and make fun, making fun of them. But it makes sense that another guy would come on and be like, no, 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 we got two huge stars here. Let's make it a serious movie. And then you just have like this mis mishmash of the tones. You're close. But yeah, it's an okay. interesting, interesting take. The, uh, the first guy was going for a very serious tone, like oh, a, dra okay. a dramatic cop movie. And then the with the new guy, he took it to a more like lighthearted, a lighthearted affair with the cop. Oh, interesting. OK, so kind of flipped of what I said. Yeah. Yeah. But um, good, good effort. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you bet. You bet, man. Yeah, I'm always going to step up to bat, you, whether I hit it or I, I swing and miss. I always step up to bat. I prefer you step up to the plate, at least, <laughs> instead of, yeah. you know, hiding on the bench, pretending that you're, you're, you have to go to the bathroom or something and you don't want to yeah, no step up to the plate. No way. Put me in, coach. Yeah, put me in. I'm ready. <laughs> now, uh, it was written by a guy who's done nothing of importance. Cool. But it was rewritten by Jeffrey Boam. I don't know if that's how you say his name, but I also don't care. Uh, he wrote Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Okay. A banger. Yeah. He, he wrote uh, Lost Boys. Oh, yeah. Really yeah, good yeah. movie. He yeah. wrote Inner Space, and uh, he, he wrote a bunch of others. So cool. the, guy who, the guy who came in to fix the problems um, did some fixing. Oh, and the music. Listen to this. Music by Harold Faltermeyer. Uh, he's a new name on our show, and he has I'm no relation to Alan Silvestri, in case you're wondering. <laughs> okay, okay, because I was wondering, Tim. I, right <laughs> now, I'm actually just getting deep into thought, trying to remember any music in this movie. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Matt, I actually think he did a really good job on this score. You dug it? Okay. It's like a perfect, like, um, 80s, mm, intense yeah, yeah. 80s, like, action cop vibe feel. I, I thought out of the things that were done well in this movie, this was this was one of them. Well, you know what they say, Tim, the best score is one you don't notice. So maybe that's why I didn't notice it, because it blends into the movie so well. Who says that? Because I actually don't, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with I, that at all. I think I just made it up. Oh, so you say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what they say? I am they. <laughs> I don't agree with you. <laughs> I think the score would be just like any other piece in the movie. Like if it's done well, you're going to take notice of it. Like a great acting performance isn't one that you don't notice. <laughs> it's one <laughs> it's where you're like, it just wow. blends into the background. <laughs> <laughs> everything, Tim, everything. If you don't notice anything on a movie, it's probably great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I take it back. I take back my comment. I was just trying to stick up, stick up for my not noticing the music. Okay. Well, this Harold uh, Faltermeyer, while you may think he, he hasn't done a whole lot, he has actually done some good stuff. He did Beverly Hills Cop, he did Fletch, he did Top Gun, and he did The Running Man, and more. Pretty good. And he knows about the 80s. See? Yeah. This was a quote from one of the crew members on the movie, and I think it's important to just bring light to. Okay. <laughs> this gentleman said, This was the worst organized, most poorly prepared film I've ever been on in my life. From the first day we started, no one knew what the hell anyone was doing. I love it. That should be the, the plot summary of the movie. 
Yes. This guy just you, nailed what's going on completely. You know what they did with that? They put that right on the screen. They put that that uh, quote right on the screen. <laughs> that should have been in the trailer. <laughs> yes. Nobody knows what's going on in this movie. <laughs> That's what it feels like. It feels like it feels like the characters are from some other movie and they stumbled <laughs> into this movie and they're a bit lost and they're not quite sure what to do. <laughs> they just had a movie set and a bunch of actors yeah. and actresses just like made their way on and yes, exactly. Yes, they're they're like this is not my movie that I showed up for, but I guess I'll just roll with it. Yeah, right. It looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's let's try to figure it all out together. Let's try to figure out the movie together. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I love it. I love this movie though. Maybe it's because it's, I loved it as fun. a kid, but yeah, it is fun. Like I, I watched it again today, which I said is the third time I've watched it in like a year and I really enjoyed it. I just, I, I like it. I mean, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Cause I loved it as a kid. Yeah. It was, it was fun to see these scenes that you kind of have burnt into your memory, but you can't even like stick a pin to as to what movie that was from. You're right. Just, yes. Like, oh, I remember. Th- I remember a scene. I don't know what the movie was from. This movie had a ton of those scenes for me. I'm like, oh, this yes. is the movie that has. A- this is the movie where they tape a grenade to that dude's mouth. I'm like, oh, yeah. this is the one. This is the one but- where they go to prison. Like it, this movie is all that. It's just all that stuff. Yeah, this is the one where you get to see uh, Kurt Russell and Sly Stallone's uh, naked butts as they're walking down the hall. Oh, yeah. I've been searching right? for that one for years, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> what? Finally found Wait, what? it. That's why That's why I've watched it three times this year. <laughs> uh, do you think this could be somebody's favorite movie? Um, that's a good question. If they are 10 years old, definitely. Um, an adult. Could this be an adult's favorite movie? I think I think not. not without the nostalgia for it but maybe with the nostalgia for it yes yeah i agree this i think it could be someone's favorite movie there's yeah, enough i think there's if, enough in I, it yeah i think if you handed it to someone who like didn't grow up with it they would sort of understand why you like it but i don't think it would just become their favorite movie yeah but very possibly could maybe yeah seeing it fresh i don't know who knows it's got a lot anyways. of stuff in it anyways it could be someone's favorite i think so the movie starts out, Dean, and we meet a really clean-cut and proper-looking Sly Stallone. He's wearing glasses. He's wearing glasses. He's Tango. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. I see where this is going. Do you, Tim? Right? Yeah. Anyways, he uses some excessive force to catch a couple of drug runners. Yeah. And it, it's a massive drug bust, dude. He, like, he apprehends a fuel truck full of cocaine. Mm-hmm. That's got to be all the cocaine in the United States in that truck. I'm trying to understand. Seriously, that's a lot of cocaine. I know. I'm trying to understand where it came from because they said they checked it and it was just gas and then he shoots it and it's cocaine pouring out. So I wonder what, like, I wonder if they just have like a false top, a false top or something. Well, the people who thought it was gas just probably got bad information. But here, that's not what I'm concerned about here. Yeah, Let's talk yeah. about the the real issue here. Okay, you could no, I don't I don't do cocaine, but uh, I investigated uh, like how large of an amount of cocaine, you know, how okay. much that would cost. Yeah. You could you could probably stuff a million dollars worth of cocaine in a backpack. So picture that tank full of cocaine, which it was. Okay, because uh, Tango he shoots it with his gun. 
And instead of gasoline pouring out the side, cocaine is just pouring out the side. So if that tanker is full of cocaine, you're probably looking at like $200 million worth of cocaine. That's all of it, I think. I don't know if there That's is it. more than that. Yeah, those. that is all the cocaine. I, I Now I understand why this big boss man's so upset. Oh, yeah, I know. And like later on, he like makes a comment about how much money these these guys have cost him. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it couldn't be that much. But yeah, well, if this was full of cocaine, yeah, it sure was. Um, For sure. Anyways, his, his police friends, their Tango's police friends, they make a crack about him uh, thinking he's Rambo. Yes. And that is the first um, of a trend of very lame jokes in this movie. Oh, there are so many lame jokes in this movie. So many. So many painful jokes. I don't want to hear... I don't want this Rambo joke here. I don't I don't want to hear that. Not at all. I, I don't want to hear it at all. This sets up... It also sets up a confusing world where... Exactly. Rambo exists, and so this guy just looks like him. But he's got his glasses. I guess it's like a oh Clark right, he has Kent glasses. Thing. Right, he's got a, he's doing a Clark Kent thing. <laughs> That's probably why they gave him the glasses, actually, just to right, make that joke. Right. He takes it's them dumb. off and he becomes Rambo. He puts them on and he's Tango. Yeah. So Jack Palance drives past the scene. I'm gonna call him Jack Palance the whole time. Oh, good. I was going to as well. Um, I was gonna call him Jack Palance. It's um, it, it's kind of strange that he pulls up right beside this drug. This big tanker of cocaine. I mean, all I can think of was that he was like following it just to make sure like everything goes well. But he he pulls right up to the crime scene as all the cops are there. (laughs) And just rolls Um, down the window. (laughs) He tells us that someone named Cash is also causing him trouble. Now, this is basically the best foreshadowing this movie has to offer. True. This yeah. is, it's 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 downhill from here. But it's the only thing they have set up. It's the only thing they know they can pay off later. Set up that somebody's name in this movie is Cash. <laughs> <laughs> the Palace tells his crew that he has a plan to get rid of Tango and Cash. That's interesting. Yeah. And then right on cue, we meet Cash. And he is really going for the Jack Burton look, and I am loving it. <laughs> yes, man, this hair. I, that exactly it's this classic kurt russell hair yeah it's, i just love it dude it's so perfect um as, as some bad guy shows up at his, at his apartment and is trying to kill him right. and that actually sets us on a pretty good chase scene we get maybe five minutes of actually like a pretty good pretty good scene i, I enjoyed um uh but wait a second what's this movie rated again because it feels like a PG movie to me until we see some boobies that start flashing up on the screen right. a couple times. Yes. And I got to say, I liked it. That's that's what some of these 80s action movies feel like. You're like, okay, this, nothing's, it feels PG. It feels a little goofy. We're seeing people get shot, but no blood. And then all of a sudden there's just like people having sex in a car popping yeah. up on the screen. You're like, oh, okay. All right. It's a rated R movie. That's exactly when I get reminded of it too. I started to think after watching this and and realizing that this movie was rated because you already talked about the fact that there's barely any gore, uh, you know, in this movie. Yeah. This movie is rated R because they show boobs, and I was just thinking yeah. like, why? Who cares? What's the big well, deal with boobs in movies? Put this movie up against RoboCop, which we recently covered. Yeah, they're both rated R, right? Yeah. I just feel like RoboCop is a way more intense movie that a kid, you know, should probably not see as this movie, 
which is totally accessible for a kid, but there's boobs in it. But who cares? Yeah, I think the other problem is they say fuck a lot. And I think you can only say that one time in a PG-13 movie. So I think okay. that also gets it to R. I think Kurt Russell says it like five times in one breath yeah. at one point. There is. Yeah, there, <laughs> there is a time when he's just going for it. Okay, so that's another one then. That's that's fair. Yeah. Boobs and bad language, no go. Not 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 allowed. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it, it like the the nudity is not really. It's all just naked people. Like it's not people actually well, naked having nudity. sex, which that's is what a, gets you. No, but like people. That's I know nudity, nudity is, is Dean. <laughs> I know what nudity is Tim, but people. People uh, nude having sex is what gets ratings up. Usually if they are not, if they are just naked, you can still get a PG-13 movie out of that. Well, I'll tell you what, the, the boobies we saw right here, they were having sex. That's true. That that was in the act of sex. Yeah, that's true. I love how we always dig into the parts I think we're just going to breeze past. And we're like, okay, but let's actually figure out the nudity here. Let's figure it out. <laughs> Everything has to make sense in my brain or else I don't, this I don't all, enjoy this it. All, <laughs> this all took place in a parking garage. And this really, really reminded me of the parking garage scene in Big Trouble in Little China. And in mm. that scene, I was afraid because right. Miao Yin's look, her eyes her were kind eyes. of dead. She yeah. scared me. This woman did not scare me. No, not at all. No, my eyes rolled um. back in my head. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes, indeed. Indeed, Dean. Um, yeah, where are we? Huh? <laughs> what happened? I don't know. I blacked We're out. in the parkade, and then we both blacked out. Anyways, that's, let's just move on then. Cash doesn't get killed. How about that? Yeah, basically, it's a this good setup of our two, our two cops. Tango gets set up by being big shot, busting the drugs, Cash gets set up as sort of the the wild man who chases down um, a, a criminal and, and catches him. Exactly. Now, we round out the cast here when we meet Catherine, played by Terry Hatcher. Mm -hmm. And she's involved with uh, Sly Stallone in some way, but they don't really let us know exactly how. But they, they bring her character into the movie. Now, the movie starts to build a bit of rivalry between Tango and Cash. And that rivalry is what gives this movie the very strong buddy cop feel. Yeah. Because right? it's it's like, it's not your typical, like, we're friends. It's like we're kind of, like, competing against each other. So I really, I, I kind of was was digging on that whole vibe. Um, now, Jack Palance, he wants to punish these two cops and sets them up to take a fall. And I also really like how ominous they make Jack Palance and it's mostly with uh, the score that they're using mm. whenever he's on screen. And it's his insane dialogue. It's just insane. like he seems like he is insane. Yeah. Jack Palance crushes this. He is going he for it. Like this is, he's just, I don't know. I think I feel like he's going for an Oscar nomination from Tango and Cash here. He just is, he goes so hard for it. He has this strange office. I love an 80s uh boss office a guy that just has an office with a ton of tvs on the wall he has a box of mice or rats i guess that are his pets he has a giant maze that he puts them in um just in his office like giant rat maze i yeah. guess if you have pets you would want the maze as well if like because if those rats are your pets you'd probably want the maze probably 
Yeah, he's, I, I love I love his 80s bad guy base. It's it's the best. Yeah. It's one of the yeah. best. Now, he's got a couple of um, thugs, a couple of henchmen. Brian James is one of them. He plays uh, the red-headed thug with an accent. He, oh, uh, he made up that accent for the role. And good old David Lopan himself. Yes. James Hong is also on the payroll of Jack Palance. Yes. I love seeing this man. Yeah. Oh, me too. Th- this is yeah. just a fun bad guy threesome right here. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It uh, just seeing his face just reminded me that, you know, anytime he pops up in a movie, I am just so pumped. David Lopan had a huge impact on me as a child <laughs> because yeah. I just see James Hong pop up in a movie and I get psyched. <laughs> yeah. Same. Same dude. So Tango and Cash head to what they think is a big bust, but it's actually a setup. Now, man, whenever these guys are in a scene together, they are just absolutely popping off the screen. Yeah. Uh, they're both like really successful cops in the movie, but they have completely different personalities, which leads to just some hilarious banter between them. It's just so great. Like Kurt Russell is his classic Jack Burton-esque character, which how do you not like that guy? And then Sly Stallone is playing this completely different role from what we're used to with him. Uh, this like clean cut detective, but he's yeah. doing an excellent job. I'm actually very surprised how well he's doing in this role. Yeah, I'd agree. I think they both work. Uh, they both work really well. They're trying to explain um, Sylvester Stallone's character, Tango, um, as he's like that clean cut put together guy, but he like craves action. So that's also why he can sort of be um, he doesn't just want to play by the rules, too, because they want both of them to be these cops that'll do whatever it takes. But they still have to be like kind of different so they can play off each other. So they give us the story that he doesn't even need to be a cop because he's so rich that he just he craves action. So that kind of does make sense. And then they both are. They, they, yeah, like you said, they have a competition. They both really just want to be the best cop and they're both getting at each other because they know each other is good. Like they they kind of I think they um, kind of admire each other. But when they're in, in the presence of each other, they're going after like one another. Yep, definitely. Yeah, yeah, 100 percent. So they come across a dead guy with a wire on him and they don't like the look of it. And they try to leave this um, this whole setup that this bus they think they're in. They try yeah. to leave, but the FBI breaks in on them and they get arrested for murder. The dead body turns out to be an undercover fed. And one of Cash's guns is found at the scene and is the murder weapon. And along with that, they have a voice recording that makes it sound like Tango and Cash actually killed this guy in some sort right. of like messed up uh, drug deal gone wrong or something like that. So with all of this information, it's enough to put them away. And they plead guilty and cut a deal for 18 months in a minimum security prison. But old Jack Palance gets them redirected to a maximum security prison. Uh-oh. That's a, not a couple things. <laughs> a couple things. It's very easy. It seems very easy to frame them. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's just because it's really any sort of timeline in this movie is very hard to nail down. Like, how long would you say this stuff has been taking place? Like, I feel like it's been over two days. But it could be like it happened very fast, it seemed like 
it seems like it happens very fast. So I think that's why like it just feels like it's so easy to frame them. Jack Palance is like telling his two guys the plan and then it feels like the next day they have all these multiple set like steps set up already of how to like get in and frame them. Um, so that's that was the one thing. Uh, the second thing is they pl- pled guilty to killing a cop yeah. and they only got 18 months in in a minimum security prison. I think I can explain both of these things for you, actually. Okay, okay. So I think the minimum security prison thing, I think this whole thing is is being driven by Jack Palance. He's got everybody on the payroll. Right, so he yeah, doesn't okay. care. He doesn't care how long they get sent to prison for because he wants to kill them and make an example of them in prison. So yeah. I think it doesn't matter. It's 18 months. doesn't matter. They get the plea bargain. He just wants them in jail so he can kill them. So it's just all bullshit, basically. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other one, and I think this has to do with me seeing it when it came out, but that whole audio technology, that was something that didn't really exist. Mm. Like you couldn't really just splice voices together and make it sound like somebody was saying something that they didn't say, which is what happened. They got a bit of like a voice recording of Tango and Cash at the time. Like the guy who was wearing the wire was actually recording like someone else was recording what they were saying and then they yeah. just chopped it in with some other stuff. That's that actually blew my little mind when I watched okay. it. I was like, "Wow, that's that's crazy technology. We just kind of take that for granted nowadays because that would be so easy to do. You know, anybody could do that." Um, but back then, like later on you see the guy in his equipment setup just to edit audio. Yeah. And it's like this wall of computers. And I was right, like, that's yeah. probably what it would take back then to do this, or, or maybe not quite, but something like yeah. that. Whereas now you can probably do that on your phone. So right, right. Uh, I think I think back then that was pretty damning evidence for them. So. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So having that piece would, and like, yeah, just having someone on their side who would do that um, and then giving that piece of evidence over to the police is going to be enough to, to nail these guys. Yeah. And I think Jack yeah. Balance owns everybody. It seems like it. Yeah, it seems like he has somebody everywhere. And I really apologize for defending this movie. No, Tim, don't apologize. Defend it. Defend this movie. So we're in the maximum security prison, and we get to meet Tango and Cash's cellmates. (laughs) And they're both pretty funny. Yeah. Cash's cellmate is a giant of a man who won't let him use the toilet. Yes. (laughs) You can't be in that toilet. Oh, no. uh, and then Tango's Tango's guy is a very squirrely dude played by yeah. Clint Howard, Ron Howard's yeah. brother, who is just one of the squirreliest looking dudes in the world. He really is. man. He's he so really recognizable is. as just yeah. the squirrely dude. Yeah, and, definitely. Yeah, he's, and he, he's trying to like invoke fear in Tango. You know, he says, I've I killed my I killed my best friend. And he <laughs> plays with a slinky, which would not be yes. allowed in a cell, by the way. No, I love slinky. I love how this whole thing goes down because it seems like he's trying to intimidate and Tango's like not intimidated at all by anything he has to say. So he keeps one upping it like, you know, he's got a clipping on the wall. He points to his clipping. He's like, that was me. I did that murder. And then, you know, not impressed. He's like, I, I took him out to the park and I killed him in you know broad daylight. He was my best friend. <laughs> like he just has to keep upping it. And Tango's like, whatever, whatever, man. I don't care. Doesn't care. Doesn't care. He's like, you are t- a tiny man. I would destroy yeah. you. <laughs> Now, it doesn't take long before Tango and Cash are dragged out of their cells, and it is payback time, dude. 
They're taken to the laundry area where Jack Palance is waiting. That is not a good sign. Because he's no, very definitely mad. Not. He's very mad at them. He's got a small army of dudes there that he lets loose on them. And our heroes here, they put up a pretty brave fight, but there's way too many inmates. There's like, oh yeah, there's probably like 40 inmates here who are just ready to fight them. Uh, and they, uh, they, you know, beat up Tango and Cash a bit. They hang them up and they start dipping them into tubs of water that they're zapping with electricity. Yes. Now from the size of that wire that they're dipping into that water, I mean, let's be honest with you. These guys would be fried. Like that is, that's a major charge. I think what they were, if you just wanted to maybe like torture somebody, you might want to use a cord, like right. know, something that your like lamp, yeah. something your yeah. lamp would have, like a tiny little cord. This was a giant like electrical cord that you could almost barely wrap your hand around. Like that is just that's just gonna melt these dudes' faces off. But you know what? You know what, Dean? It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But this is one of the things that like kind of caught me by surprise because i just assume they're going to be hanging over the water they're going to fake with the cord in the water and then something's oh. going to happen and they're going to get out yeah. of it but no they, they actually lower both them into the water and yeah. start electrocuting them and i like that shocked me aha shocked oh, me oh nice dean did it, it? shocked them um wow. but yeah this cord is pretty huge it, i thought it would i thought it was going to do some serious damage and they seem fine it's gigantic it's it's fine it's fine yeah, it's fine. It's fine. This is uh, another one of those settings that I feel like I would have come up with as a like oh, 10 year old. Totally. I would Super have been like, fun. okay, we'll go down. To, they'll take them down to the laundry room and there'll be steam everywhere. You know, all those yeah, like, yeah, steam yeah, yeah. steam engines oh. that steam comes out of and all the lights? time. It's like, like <laughs> let's make that happen in the basement. And mood lighting to make the steam look better. Oh, and, and awesome. mood lighting so it looks really cool. Yeah, actually this whole prison's vibe, like, it's good. like I said before, the hallway's on fire. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> why would the hallways be on fire? It's just a mess. There's newspapers like, burning everywhere. Newspapers everywhere, garbage, they're on fire. It's garbage city there. Love it. But just in the nick of time, the assistant warden comes in to break everything up. Yeah. He tells Tango and Cash their only chance is to break out because they're going to be thrown back into general population after this. Right, right. So Tango and Cash are eventually able to break out. And now to something I always love in movies. They go to a James Bond style experimental weapons and gadget bunker. Yes perfect i love it i love gadget time in movies i love going and seeing like new weapons and everything i think we've talked about it before yeah it's it just gets you so pumped we both love james bond movies so maybe that's where it comes from but we Mm -hmm. love that um and like at this point in the movie from what you've explained plot wise i would say we're 10 to 15 minutes in but we are an hour (laughs) in right now we spent a hell of a long time at that prison I, I let everybody off the hook and didn't get into a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, but like you kind of did nail everything. Like I don't even know what else there is to explain, but there was so okay. many minutes spent at that prison. Uh, yeah, I'm hitting on the plot points here that are <laughs> yeah. needed to progress the story. And yeah, they're, they're few and far between. We're so. an hour in and all that's happened is we've been introduced to the cops. They've been framed and they've been in jail. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> it's true. that's a very good point Uh, Tango and Cash are pissed off and they want to find who set them up and all signs lead back to Jack Palance Mm. now Tango sends Cash to find Catherine 
so that they can keep her safe. And Cash finds her at a strip club. Classic. And what's this movie rated again? Uh, PG? No, R. R. <laughs> yeah. That's right. It's R. Because, um, because you know why. We're at a strip club. Yeah. It's the 80s action movie, Tim. You have to make us <laughs> stop at a strip club. It's just, it, it a- has to be in the script. That's like an executive's only note on an 80s action movie. They'll read the <laughs> totally. script and they'll just write, uh, add strip club and give it back to you. Totally. That is an 80s tropes. Strip yeah. club, boobs, in the movie, at some point. Just squeeze it in there. Then they hand the script to 10-year-old me and I go, okay, but in the stripping scene, how about she has a drum solo? Exactly. <laughs> and yeah, then I She's really good at the electric drums. <laughs> I noticed that. She did a great... (laughs) Terry Hatcher did a great job playing the electric drums. She did. And Terry Hatcher's stunt double did an excellent job of dancing. Yes, that is true. Yes. Those pull back far. You know what? (laughs) There were a lot of stunt doubles that did excellent jobs in this movie. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't really care about camera angles in this one, I don't think. No. So the club is surrounded by cops for some reason. And they need to sneak cash out so they dress him up like a woman Mm -hmm. and that is apparently enough to sneak him past the cops and this is so stupid yeah it's the the cop asks if he if he can be part of a three-way yeah that was a little bit that a a little bit strange this cop is a piece of shit what's going on here two women just walk out of the back of a club and he says hey can we he's looking for a criminal yeah. and he's like hey can right. we have a three-way <laughs> yeah that's that was a weird comment for it sure it was so strange that's where this movie is like wait what is this movie what is this i think i didn't pay as much attention to that because i was so stunned that they actually dressed up kurt russell and drag to sneak him out of this club just didn't yeah it worked don't, don't need it i don't need it i liked like what i did like about that part is I like um, he sizes up somebody wearing a uh, like a man wearing a helmet and a jacket. And he's like, what size are you? And then somebody comes walking out of the back of the club wearing a helmet and jacket. And it's just Terry Hatcher because it's it like, fit. Yeah, it fit. It fit her. Um, so she got on the bike first. I liked that uh, mix up. That was cool. She did a great job. She had yeah. a great like Trinity vibe in that uh, Ooh, yeah. motorcycle outfit. True. Yeah. Dodge um, this. Hey, hey, Dean, speaking of stupid. This entire yeah. scene back at Tango's place. Ugh. I'm not even going to get into it, actually. Thank I'm you. Not. Thank it was you. so dumb. This scene is yeah. so terrible. This it's is horrible. the point where I realize I'm not recommending this movie to anybody. Right. Uh, I, I really think this movie needs 20 or 30 minutes just cut right out of it. And then yeah. you might actually have something. Um, to be honest with you, I just want... Tango and Cash. I just want them in a bunch of scenes together. Yeah. I don't want... Like, whenever they're together, I just feel like this movie is just rocking. I'm having such yeah. a fun time. I'm enjoying myself. And then when they're, whenever they're apart and there's separate scenes or scenes with other people, the movie's just terrible. It's just dragging that, yeah. and awful. That's a really good point. It's like, I think... Uh, yeah, we, we won't get into it, but I think this scene uh, basically lays out that these jokes were just first draft jokes. Like they just wrote them one time. They didn't try to revise anything. This feels like an Austin Powers first round, first round joke, but then they're going to rewrite it like five or six times to actually make it funny. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. You know what else it is with this scene? 
it's this um this stupid 80s action trope where they build up the main characters as like these super hard asses through the whole movie and then right before the final conflict they try to make them vulnerable and give them a soft side right and it's like why i don't i don't understand why it's like are we supposed to believe that they can now conquer like the situation and the main bad guy because we know they have feelings it's like that that whole idea it just makes me feel gross inside i hate yeah, it yeah i actually just don't even know why this part is or like why this whole story story like storyline is in it i i don't really it doesn't really add to it. Yeah, you're right. I've never really thought about it. It doesn't add anything. If you take that entire scene out of the movie, nothing negative happens. Yeah. Nothing. Just by removing it, the movie actually makes more sense. It just gives them more to joke about back and forth. Um, and maybe they had run out of jokes. And they're like, we need we need some fuel on this fire. So we for the last 20 minutes, we can we can joke about Stallone's sister. That was terrible, man. So yeah. terrible. It was bad. One of the worst movie scenes I've ever seen, actually. Yeah, in one of the best movies ever. Isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah, this movie. <laughs> How many Oscars did this movie win? So a many. A lot. A lot, Tim. A lot. Oh, my goodness. A lot, yeah. What's the record? Too, What's the record? It's too more many than to that. count. Yeah, this is the record. <laughs> Anyways, Tango and Cash, they know where to find Jack Palance. But first, they're going to head back to the Bond lab to suit up cool and they are given the most badass suv i have ever seen dude this oh, thing totally. is incredible yeah. it's got a minigun hanging off the side it's got all sorts of body armor it's got huge tires it's got leather trim tinted windows yeah, probably had some heated seats oh probably i didn't think about that probably had like cup holders Probably had a, a leather wrap <laughs> Definitely steering had a couple wheel. <laughs> Might have had a sunroof. I don't know, but maybe. Oh, maybe. Looked like there was a lot of a lot of room for storage in the back. You know what it didn't I have? I bet there were bucket seats too. Yeah, you know what it didn't have? What didn't it have? A large gas tank, or they just forgot to fill it up with gas because they're about to run out of gas in five minutes. Did that? I didn't. Do you remember this didn't even, joke? I didn't even notice it. Is that something that happened? They almost they ran get out of in gas? this. They get in this van. They leave with in this van to go to Jack Palance's place. They're in that fight. Like they roll up on his place, yeah, but yeah. like there's a big fight going to be happening. They're in the fight for like five minutes. And they're and Kurt gas. Russell. Kurt Russell says. To, uh, Cash says. Uh, do you want the good news or the bad news? And Tango says, the bad news. Oh, and he right, says, we're yeah. running out of gas, or we're out of gas. And then Tango says, what's the good news? And Cash says, we're out of gas. Joke doesn't make any sense. And also, why didn't they fill up with gas before they did this? Uh, yeah, I know. That, that's a good point. Maybe because it was a prototype and the guy the guy wasn't actually expecting them to take it anywhere. So he, it may not have had gas in it. But that, sure. that joke. There's got to be a gauge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I hear you. I hear you. Again, I'm defending it for no reason. But yeah, that joke, that joke never hit ever. Even when I was a kid, I never understood it. It I doesn't don't, make any sense. I actually don't think Kurt Russell understood the line because no. I don't think he delivered it correctly. Yeah. Because I think I think this is how it could go. Because, yeah, he says, I've got good news and bad news. And he's like, yeah. what's the good news? No, he says, what's the bad news? What's the bad news? And he says, bad news is we're almost out of gas. 
Right. And they says, what's the good news? And he says, we're almost out of gas. But I think if you change your inflection oh. in that one to make it sound like we're almost, almost out, of gas, out of gas, we're not out of gas. That actually makes way more sense, Tim. <laughs> we're almost right. out of gas. Then I think it works. But yeah. Kurt Russell is just like, he delivered them both the same. I got good news. Exactly. And bad news. It's exactly what the is same. It? What's, what's the bad news? We're almost out of gas. What's the good news? We're almost out of gas. Well, I'm confused. <laughs> I don't I know. Don't, yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. I was like, it. why is that good news? I don't get it. We're, you fixed the joke, Tim. Why is that even news? It's not, this isn't even newsworthy. No, it's not newsworthy, Tim. You're right. You know what's newsworthy? That there's like 50 guys shooting at you right now and driving yeah. around in, in trucks trying to kill you. That's that's the news. That yeah, and and it just kind of never comes up again. Thank goodness. Yeah, they just never mention it again, and the car doesn't even really run out of gas. They just get out of it. <laughs> it gets crushed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love this compound that they break into. They're yeah, just like, really cool. They're cruising around. They're shooting up a bunch of the bad guys. They've got a bunch of um, trucks on their tail. These trucks have police lights on them, which doesn't make any sense to me. No. Uh, <laughs> True. You probably wouldn't want to have police lights on your trucks at like a massive drug compound. Yeah, probably not. Probably just bring attention to you. Yeah. Uh, that seemed weird. But yeah, they're driving around for a bit and then a monster truck comes out after them. Like that's what they're. Yeah. That's what that's what this compound has is a monster truck. And I'm just like, what in the, what is going on? What in the hell is going on in this scene? I don't know. It's a Dude, lot of fun. Know. Like it is, there's a lot of just wild action, wild car chases. I don't know what's going on though. It, it It is wild. It actually looks like they're on a monster truck course. Yeah. I think they just built it so that they could have this monster truck flying around. Uh, this it's this scene is it's bananas. It's bananas. Yeah. I was trying to figure out what this compound might be. And I just couldn't really figure it out. Why do they have all this equipment? Like, why do they have all these giant trucks and all this construction equipment? I don't know what they're building there. Um, also, I don't know how Tango and Cash knew to go there. Like, they steal the van. They're just driving down the street. And then there's some, like, ADR of them talking um, to the, the gadget guy and being like, okay, where do we go? And he's like, I just sent you the, Jack, the, the directions to Jack Balance's place. So it's like they just put in a line to tell us that they knew where to go. I th I think did they maybe get it from the redheaded thug? I think he may have given so. given it up. I don't know though. Anyways, I don't think he gave up how to find. Anyways, it's just like the, you know it, what I like, Dean. <laughs> yeah, you know what I like. Let's get back to stuff that we like. Tim, don't get me wrong. I like this. I know you do. I do. Too. I like being confused by this part and being like, "What's going <laughs> on fun. here? Where it's kind are of fun." We? <laughs> Not yeah. to understand. Why are we at a monster sometimes. truck rally? How did we get here? Where are the yeah, fans? Exactly. It was crazy. <laughs> it was wild. I like that the whole time that they're ripping around this monster truck course, they keep flashing back to Jack Palance inside, watching it on the monitors, and he's yes. cheering his guys on. Yes. Like he's so into this monster truck race. It's it's awesome. Palance, he had such a strange plan this entire movie. He didn't like it, he didn't want to kill them, He, but then he did want to kill them, and now he really wants to kill them. Like, I, I, I think he's so charismatic that I don't even really listen to his plan. And maybe that's what happened with his with his goons, too. They're just like, I mean, he sounds like he knows the, what he's doing. He sounds like he knows the plan, so we'll just go with it. But I feel like he changes his mind a lot during this movie. 
He wants them dead, but he wants to make an, ex- make an example out of them. Yes, yes. But he wants them dead. So he won't kill them outright because then they wouldn't have an example made out of them. But he's yeah. having trouble making an example out of them because they're pretty good cops. So Yeah, when he could have just killed them outright. <laughs> Many times he could have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the SUV ends up getting crushed between a couple of heavy-duty construction vehicles and Tango and Cash have to ditch it. Yeah. And poor SUV. This is a sad scene, dude. This is a sad yeah. scene for me. Do you know, you know what this reminded me of? This reminded me a lot of that scene in Star Trek Three where the Enterprise is destroyed. And yeah, this man. Is a very, very sad. It's a very sad yeah. moment. So a character that, left uh, us. Yeah, that thing had uh, power steering and uh, four four wheel drive and uh, a mini gun on the side. It's, it was a bit sad. Yeah, I think um, it might have even had like a pull out bed in the back if you wanted to take oh, a maybe, little nap. Maybe, yeah, it may have had a sink maybe, in it. Yeah, maybe a maybe a, a little, little TV fridge, back there. Beer fridge, TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, just a great little SUV. Yeah, an NES maybe. Oh, dude, now you're now you're talking. Yeah. Uh, luckily, there's only one building left. Everything has been destroyed. There's only <laughs> right. one. There's only one building left. <laughs> amazing luck luckily though jack palance is inside or i guess maybe not so luckily maybe it would have been more lucky if he was destroyed in one of the other buildings that probably would have been more lucky yeah i think this building is a little bit too big just to be destroyed by the suv so it's still standing it's huge tango and cash go inside and they have found the largest guns you could ever imagine yeah they're pretty big they just pick them up off a table full of guns (laughs) yeah. <laughs> another another oh. thing another thing that i came up with when i was 10 years old <laughs> totally. they'll crash into this warehouse and it'll be a gun making warehouse there'll be guns everywhere Ev- everywhere there's everywhere. guns everywhere for them to take oh everywhere uh, what is They're what everywhere. is yeah there's what does stallone everywhere. say he says it's like uh toys r us he calls it or something like that i don't oh, know really? he calls I, don't, it, I don't know when he sees all the guns he says something about toys r us or toys for tot i don't know he says something. i don't know i'll be some honest with dumb you. joke half the time i'm not even paying attention in this movie yeah yeah some the other joke. half the other half i'm eating it up i'm loving it but half of it i'm just like oh yeah wow. it turns out that palance's thugs have catherine and the red-headed thug is gonna kill her but instead of killing her instead of taking that opportunity to kill her he could just do it he could do it mm-hmm. Yeah, he could do it. He could just do it. He decides to let her go and kill Tango and Cash first. Yeah. And um, he has the upper hand so hardcore and he throws her aside for a one on one fight with Cash. I don't understand. Yeah, that's there's another scene. Okay, so Cash has his giant gun trained on this guy. Yeah. This Brian James, uh, bad guy, thug, redhead guy. He's got his gun trained on him. Brian James has Catherine and he's got like a, a, a knife or a razor to her neck. Yeah. And Cash is like, I want to take the shot. I want to take the shot. You and can see the dot on his head. You can see the dot on his head. I love yeah. in movies when the guy just takes the shot because do you know what's going to happen if you take the shot? Especially if you have a laser pointer, the bullet's going to go right where that laser is pointed. This yeah. guy's going to get killed. That's it. For sure. People who drop their guns and don't take the shot, that... I don't like it. Well, take the shot. I guess I guess what I'm saying is take the shot. Just take the shot. Yeah. Tim. It's probably going to come out okay. 
he was going to take the shot and then um th this guy reveals that um Catherine has a grenade on her neck and that's sure. what makes cash drop his gun but but what is he has he's the got pin a, hasn't he's got a knife to her throat he can't pull the pin out of the grenade he's busy <laughs> like he, he has she'll no be hands fine. <laughs> she'll be fine he has no hands to do that the pin's still in it take the shot even more now <laughs> like he's concerned about that grenade he's gonna try to if he hears the gun go he's gonna try to pull that pin he has no time to do that no well he's explaining to you that he's got a grenade yeah attached to her neck you shoot her shoot him Shoot him. When he looks to pull back her hair it. from her ear, shoot him. Yeah. He's not looking. What grenade? Shoot him. <laughs> so Cash makes Cash makes a horrible decision, drops his gun. Then this guy makes a horrible decision and drops and he his lets her go. He drops, drops his leverage. What is what is what in the hell is going on in this movie? And oh, this is like the old Predator showdown. Like let's strip ourselves from everything and just have oh, an old fashioned interesting. Fist fight. Yes. Man that's to what, man. That's what they were doing here. Yeah, they're doing the, they're doing like the, the, the yeah. mono and mono thing. Yeah. This still, this still isn't the wildest thing we're going to see in this scene. <laughs> um, I'm curious to to hear what you're what you got we're about in mind to here. see one of my favorite things in any movie ever. <laughs> I'll tell you what though. I'm like at this point in the movie, I'm trying to feel interested. Like I'm I'm putting in a solid effort to feel interested at this point in the movie. Yeah. Uh, at the ending here. And I just can't. I just, mm. I, I feel like there there's no stakes left here. I okay. feel like there's no real consequences. Like these guys have already been through so much. They've come so far. Uh, it just seems very obvious to me. Nothing's going to stop them. And I'm not concerned for anybody or anything here at the end. I just, I don't care. Yeah. Especially when um, you have like, Quan and Lopez who haven't been doing anything all movie and you finally know that Tango and Cash are like going to be coming into this this office and Quan and Lopez are so pumped they're like don't worry boss we are ready for this and they like lock and load their guns there's like a, a close-up on them locking and loading I was like all right showdown here we go and as soon as Tango and Cash walk in they shoot both those guys dead instantly there's no fight nothing. at all there's nothing and that is just done with and so at that point i'm like there is really nothing that can stand up to these guys like the same same as you tim it's like they're just going to get the job done there's no tension at all yeah they, they also take that opportunity to drop a brand new guy into the movie who knows kung fu <laughs> just to make the yes. final fight scene a little bit more interesting it's like, this who's this new guy this with guy? long black hair we've never yeah. seen him before but he nope. outlasts the like main thugs yeah, yeah, huh? he's the he is huh? the last main thug. He's alive. the second to last guy. Yeah, yeah, next to Jack. What? Wow, I don't know, man. What's going on? This would have been a great know. place to insert some more um, uh, boobs. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually surprised. There, I'm surprised. What do you think? There were a lot of TV screens there. There could have been something going on on those oh, yeah. TV screens. There could have been something on the screen. That's yeah. that's a great point. <laughs> So Palance has Catherine now, and he is in a room of mirrors. This is it, Tim. But, dude, oh, I know this is it. Which one to shoot? <laughs> which one do you shoot? What do you shoot? They both know which one to shoot, and they both shoot Palance in the head. Yes. And the bullets land, like, side by side in his head. Is yes. this what you're thinking of? Well, it's right before this. It's oh, basically this it? reveal. Okay. Because we're... We are in Jack Palance's office. Let's remember that. He yeah. has 
this wall of TVs. He's got his pet rats and he's got his big rat maze that he's created. And then this wall slowly is like moves back, is peeled back, and he has a room of mirrors <laughs> in his office. Why does he have a room of mirrors in his office? Why Why is there a secret wall, a false wall, that pulls back and there's a room of mirrors that he's standing in? Like, this is only for this specific situation. Exactly. He must have set up this room of mirrors just in case, just in case Tango and Cash got there and he had a hostage and he could stand. It's also on a stage, Tim. It's also a couple steps up. So he's like, this is a performance he's giving. He is ready for this. It's great. What's I love it? it. What is this room of mirrors? It's just like, I can't help but laugh when I see that. Their explanations are terrible as well yeah. for why they shot him. It, oh, it for sure. Definitely, does, both of their explanations work if there is if there are two mirrors. Yeah, but yeah. if you have a room of mirrors, their explanations absolutely do not work. Yes. Also, they shot. I don't know if you know this, but the bullets went through a mirror and then hit him in the head. Oh, that's they a good shot point through too. a mirror to hit him. Right. I, I'm so how confused could, how, by this. How scene. did they know he was standing behind a mirror? I don't know because I think it doesn't make any once sense. Once you get multiple mirrors, if you have one reflecting off another, reflecting yeah. off another, then yeah. you should get the the natural image back again, wouldn't you think? Yeah, definitely. So there can't be there can't be only one mirror where his ring is on the wrong hand. There can't be only right. one mirror that has that. It would be right. You're you're right. After after it would have reflected off the mirror onto another one, that one would then have the ring on back on his right hand. Like it's there should at least be half of the mirrors with one like one of yeah. the sort of images, and the other half of the mirrors have the other one. So you yeah. you could probably tell that one is right, one is wrong. But there should be like a handful of mirrors to choose from, even if you know which set is wrong. Yeah. But you know what? And it's, in, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine, Tim. I was just happy and that it, they ended the movie here. <laughs> right. You're happy they just got him and they didn't ready chase it. him through the Hall of Mirrors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like, please don't go in there. Just shoot <laughs> just him. Get just him. pick one and please shoot. Please get him. Please just do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he is just monologuing at this point jack palance is just monologuing and they're trying to figure out which one to shoot and they're kind yeah. of just talking in full voice to each other yeah. and he's just monologuing That's in true. the background like you can just hear him <laughs> going on and on and on and on and they're just like all That's right so which true. one should we shoot um let's go okay we'll shoot him on three right <laughs> right and they don't they just count to like one or two or something and then they both, they both shoot. go on two they both go on two Classic. yeah because they both wanted that kill they're both they, they're still competitive tim oh i love it dude I love it. So yeah. Tango, Cash, and Catherine are able to escape the building just before it explodes. Thank goodness they're all safe. We're very lucky that all three of them survived. Um, Tango and Cash, high five. A yep. cheesy 80s song kicks in and the end. Yes. And this high five, I noticed this about halfway through. Every time they're about to high five, something stops them in the movie. So this <laughs> high five is supposed nice. to be just like so huge. Like we have been building to a moment where these two dudes that we love are going to actually get a high five done. <laughs> it's so funny. They like freeze frame it and put it on the front of uh, paper. And that's the ending of the movie. Heroes again. That's the ending of the movie. 
So great. I think I felt that high five reverberate through my body when I was younger. I'm sure it had, I'm sure it had maximum effect on me. For sure. Yeah, it for sure had maximum effect. It's just, it's finally, these two were just going at each other the whole time. And now they're friends. They finally got that high five in. Nice. Yeah. This time when they high five, I was just like, thank goodness. Cause I've got other things I need to be doing right now. <laughs> thank goodness. Those credits started to roll. This movie's like an hour Actually, and 45 minutes. What are yeah. you, what are you even doing? It does. Yeah. This, this is a really tight one hour movie. I think really tight. Oh yeah. This is for sure. 15 minutes too long. And uh, if 15, you want to make the way more than that, well, you're like an hour and a half is basically the time of a movie. Yeah, and this one shouldn't have even been that. <laughs> yes, for sure. 115. It shouldn't, okay, have, give you it one... shouldn't have taken no. an hour to get out of prison. We went to prison right away. It shouldn't have taken an hour to get out. I think this is an enjoyable one-hour movie. Oh, yeah. You, it you would get be. more of what I'm looking for, just those scenes with like Kurt Russell and uh, Sly Stallone. Yeah. Do you keep the shower scene? Yeah, we get to see their butts, their naked butts. Yeah. I like the shower scene because the whole movie they've been like measuring dicks and then they actually get to do it in the shower scene. Right. Yeah. I don't still don't understand who came out on top though. Cause they're still like, I don't even understand what they're saying to each other. I feel like one thing that cash said to tango was actually a compliment. So I think, yeah, I think I felt Tang, that he, too. he called him, he called him tripod, which that's means, right. Exactly. That means he's got, got two a, legs. Got so he would, yeah. yeah, he'd have to be pretty good there. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. It's very confusing. I, so, so tango comes out on top, I think. <laughs> Okay, I think so. I think you're right. Yeah, if yeah. I had to choose. Okay, uh, one one thing I wanted to mention was that because the director was Russian, uh, they actually made a real kind of misstep in not releasing this movie in Russia because they would have made a ton mm. of more money because there were 80,000 pirated copies of this movie that made their way to Russia. Oh, wow. Because they just... They loved that director. He was he had oh, a very big wow. career in Russia first and then made oh, his cool, way to Hollywood. Cool. So yeah, if they if they expanded to that market, dude, who knows how much they could have made, but they didn't. Oh, cool. For whatever so that's reason. the that's the first guy that was the director? Yeah. Or the guy who stepped in. The first guy. Okay. No, yeah. The, yeah, the first guy. Yeah. The first guy who did most of the movie. Right. All right, dude. Well, let's get to what if. This took some imagination on my behalf, as you could imagine. Now, Dean, we're fans of Alien versus Predator. And we saw Alien versus Predator Requiem. What if Tango and Cash had a versus movie? I'd like you to finish this sentence. Oh, boy. <laughs> Tango and Cash versus... And it can be anyone or anything. So you're telling me Tango and Cash are on the same team. It's not Tango and Cash versus each other. No, it's Tango and Cash. Okay. Tango and Cash versus something. Oh, man. That's that's pretty good. This is... I know it's hard because it's like so wide open, but at the same time, this it, is should, the type... it should be easy because you can say anything. This is the type of question that if you texted me... 
I would take like two hours to respond to come up with like the best answer right. of tango, <laughs> tango and cash versus. You don't have to um, give me the best, but you could just give me whatever. Okay. Yeah. I want tango and cash versus Jack Burton and Wang Chi. Oh, dude, that's an interesting call. That's what I want. Oh, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot okay. of different styles in that in that movie. Oh, man. I love that just because I want to see Jack Burton go up against fake Jack Burton. That just, yes, exactly. I want to see those two guys have their own movie. That'd be amazing. I know. How's that for a buddy cop right there? That'd be pretty good. I mean, that I think Cash probably has the better hair. But he does. Yeah, but Burton kind of has him on every other level, but yeah. he's got the hair. Cash Except has the hair. I think Cash has the the rants. Cash's rants are a bit better than Jack Burton's. Oh, that's true. Jack Burton's a bit too much of a fool. Cash is actually a little smarter on his on his rants. Yeah. And on his jokes. That's true. All right. Let us move on to movie trivia. Which is where you and I, while we were watching this movie, we tried to pick up something in the movie that we noticed that we think the other person may not have noticed. Now, I always forget whose turn it is to go first. I think it's yeah, my too. turn. I, I think it's my turn. I think it's your to turn first, to go though. first. Yeah. Yeah. This was tough. This was another one of these movies like Robocop where I didn't actually pick up on a lot of what was going on in this movie because I don't think there was a lot of stuff to like a lot of trivia points to pick up on. So once again, I'm going to apologize. I think mine is pretty tough, but I, I okay. always try to choose something that even if it's tough, you have a chance just to get by guessing. Yeah. So early on in the movie, Cash goes into the police station and briefly sits down at his desk. I want to know what's written on the nameplate on his desk. I have no clue. Um, um, I would say. Oh, man, I, I feel like I could feel like there's a guess in here somewhere. <laughs> um, I don't remember his first name. So I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a hint. It His first name is not on it. But his initial is his initial is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's what I was trying to think. Of. I'll make it even, um, I'll make it a little bit easier for you. It's his job title. Yeah. His this first I, initial I, yeah. and his last name. This is exactly what I was trying to come up with. Um, yeah. I, so I have job title, I think. And all I really need is first initial. So I'm going to have to throw. <laughs> I'm just this is what I've been trying to think of. I'm just trying to yeah. have to throw a uh, guess. They um, do say his name in the movie. I know. That's what I'm trying to like. Think of any moment when that happens. Shoot, man. Okay, I'm going to say Lieutenant R. Cash. No. Ugh. I actually thought the first part was what was going to get you hung up, which it did. Um, okay, it's, okay. It's Detective. Okay. G. Cash. G. I, yeah, G. Okay, what's his, his name? name? Gabriel. Gabriel Cash. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't think I would have ever thought of that. I don't think I ever would have guessed that. That's a good question, though, because that's definitely gettable if I just know some stuff about the movie, which apparently I do not. 
I don't think I've got many of these right, Tim. I think you've got a lot of them right, and I think you have a shot at this one. It was it was very hard for me to pick something. It's so hard. Um, it was so hard. So I just, as sometimes when it's hard for me, I I go easier <laughs> because okay. it's just like that's all I can think of is this thing that I just saw. <laughs> sure. So yeah, I think you got a good shot at this, but you might miss. You might miss know, because I'd... it is part of your least favorite scene. I don't think I have many. I don't think I'm gonna get many trivia questions out of this movie. Okay, so in your least favorite scene, um, Tango oh, no. walks in on something he doesn't want to see. Yeah. And he sees a figure outside the back door. And so he rushes towards that figure, grabs an item, breaks down the screen, and is threatening with that item. What is the item? Is the item a duck? Yes, the item is a wooden duck. A wooden you got duck. it. Okay, that was very, a very soft one. Um, That's all I got, man. That's all I could come up with. You know what? I had another. I had another one, but I thought you'd get it because you like counting things. What so is it? I didn't want to go with that. It was how many TV screens are in Jack Palance's office. Oh, that's a great question because I didn't actually count that. But let me see. Okay, because can... that was my. That was going to be my first question, but they show it so many times that I was like, "You must count it. You you must have counted it in one of these." I didn't though, but let me see if I can get it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go seven across, seven monitors across, and three monitors down. I'm gonna go twenty-one monitors. It is four by four and sixteen. Oh, four by four, hey? Okay, they must have been yeah. big, big monitors then. They were very big. Yeah, they took up the whole wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I uh, I I think I only knew that duck one because of how bad that scene was and how bad that joke was. Yeah. That I was just like hyper aware of everything that was happening because it was so terrible. Right. See, I thought you might have, if you didn't see, like if you weren't really paying attention, you wouldn't see what was in his hand. I didn't and then see they, it. They, Oh, because the joke they is just it, like though. Daffy. They say Daffy. He says, put Daffy away. No, don't they mention it? Or he says, it. put Donald away. No, he, they don't actually mention the duck. They just, he says either put Daffy or put Donald away. Oh, because I, I don't remember seeing it, but I remember some, okay, some okay. connotation to a duck. So Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. That was good. That was, uh, that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, oh, yeah. Don't watch this movie. But, but maybe do. do, but do, yeah, I guess do just, you know what we, we didn't, we didn't recommend it to you, but if you happen to watch it, that's fine. Go ahead and do it. But we're, we're not telling you to do it, but, but maybe do it. Maybe if you want to have some fun, if you don't mind watching a movie and then being like, well, that wasn't very good, then you should watch it. There you go. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Dean, thank you for joining. Yeah, man. A lot of fun. And thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, 
to slang, food, and fashion, you're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. That's it for another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod, or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done.